sufficiently. Kirk looks 20 times better than he did last night. <laughs> Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other two are just along for the ride. Kirk, say hi. Hi. James. Hey. Hey, we are here to recap the trade deadline for the Rockies. We brought in two people. That's more than one, less than three. And we are somewhat excited. Um, we brought in Michael Givens from the Orioles and Kevin Pillar from the Boston Red Sox. The Givens move is really good. Um, he was rumored to come in a couple years ago, if you ever pay attention to MLBRumors.com or anywhere like that. So <clears throat> that was actually a really good move. And I can't believe Breidich did it because it was a good move. And then he immediately does Breidich thing ever, which is go get a veteran guy that may or may not contribute that we don't really need. So cancel it out a little bit. Yeah, my, Michael Givens, I was stoked about that one. Like that was about as ideal of a trade as we needed right now. Um, but I also kind of like the Kevin Pillar trade. It's not anything that's going to like – you know, make or break us, but it allows us to um, kind of shift the lineup around. You could move Murphy to DH, McMahon over at first, and then you can play Hampson at second. And it's just like a good, solid outfield position, especially when you got like Hilliard playing center. I don't think that's really the greatest right now. No, especially after his diving attempt yesterday. That was a little ugly, which makes me a little nervous. Yeah, so we gave up Tyler Nevin and Taryn Vavra for Michael Givens. Are we okay with that? Like, Tyler Nevin is a, is a dude that we were hoping to bank on in a little bit. Um, yeah, I, th I think it's fine. I mean, it's a, I think it's a little bit of an overpay just because uh, it's, it's a reliever, or a reliever that we're only going to have for the rest of this year, probably. Um, but at the same time, I think you kind of have – had to overpay a little bit this year just because of the way the season is. I'm totally okay with it. I think that's a good move. Uh, Nevin is is a nice-looking prospect, but I think he was higher up in the system uh, a while back, so he's um, regressed a bit. So I'm I'm totally fine with this move. Um, the Pilar thing has got me scratching my head a little bit because defensively he's going to contribute for sure. But I'm just looking at our outfield, and you got Tapia, Dahl, Hilliard, Kemp, Charlie Blackman. I, that's a lot of guys to, to get on the field. It is. Well, I, I don't think you're really going to be playing Kemp out there uh, if, you, if you can avoid it. Um, and then it just opens a door up for if we face a lefty, you can throw Pilar in there as like an off day for Dahl or Tapia and, and add a right-handed bat. It definitely opens up the options, right? I was trying to talk myself into, hey, we traded for Pilar, yay. And because like you, I was like, it doesn't make any sense. We did not give up anything for him. Some cash, cons cash considerations, some um, international money, and a player to be named later. So we didn't give up really anything. And he automatically becomes our best defensive outfielder. He becomes our second highest offensive war player in the outfield uh, based on this season so far. And so he kind of slots and hopefully he brings a spark to the offense that we've been looking for. So I think it's a solid move and he's cheap. 
we don't need to really bring him back next year if we don't want him. And the way he prides himself on defense, I think he's going to have a lot of fun in Coors. So hopefully he brings that defensive intensity that, uh, that we're lacking. Yeah, he's, he's having a solid year. I mean, uh, 274 this year. Last year he hit 264 with uh, 21 home runs. That's pretty solid. Um, and just the fact that he's a veteran, a little bit of postseason experience. So if we, we do start making a push, you don't have to rely on, like, Hilliard or Tapia if they're struggling in the playoffs. And we have to remember that Hilliard and Tapia and Hampson are all still young, at least, like, major league experience young. So I think this is a weird, brightish move I like. Now, the scale. So got a buddy. He has a scale, zero or one. Zero, yeah, no, one, yes. Is Nolan Arenado happy after these two moves? Uh, is it zero, no? Zero is no. Then I'm going to say zero. The other teams competing for, for a World Series championship right now, they made big boy moves. Mike Clevenger, that's a big boy move. Uh, Pilar and Givens, it's a, it's a medium, medium boy move. Initially, I was like, well, as a Rockies fan, I'm pretty excited because, like, usually not even this happens. So, um, but in the grand scheme of things, comparing to other teams, the more I thought about it, the more it's like, you can't really be that happy about it, especially when you see what the Padres did. Right. Like, so, zero or one. I'll, I'll have to go with a zero. But I'm still pretty happy with it, personally. <laughs> but is Nolan, so you're giving Nolan a zero. He's probably not happy. I, I mean, I have to go zero also. Like more should have been done. Nolan went on his his very warranted rant earlier in the off season. Like we haven't done anything. We need to do something. Let's do it. Bright did nothing. Now we are you know, fighting for a playoff spot. We haven't played well. It's beyond the point, but we're in the playoffs, shortened season. Now's the time to go do it, right? And then you see the San Diego Padres bringing in an entire new look and just making their their the major league roster extended for another three or four players. They gave up a farm, but they extended their major league roster, which sucks trying to compete with, right? So, yeah, but like – in all fairness, though, they had prospects to trade. We we don't really have that. So it's hard to be like, well, we should have done more when we don't really have anybody to give up. It's very true. When you have the farm to trade, you're sitting a little bit better at the trade deadlines. And I just want us to, I just want us to remember in 2014 when the San, San Diego Padres made all those signings in the offseason, and it did not pan out. So there is hope with the history of the San Diego Padres that Mitch Moreland, Mitch Clevenger, uh, Mike Clevenger, um, the two catchers they brought in just won't pan out or Rosenthal. I'm glad to know that we're not the only organization that completely botches free agent signings. <laughs> well, the, the Red Sox that one year, they signed like Josh Beckett and like all these dudes, uh, Carl Crawford. Uh -oh. Yeah, and that they didn't do it. Like they traded them all before the deadline that year because everybody just didn't pan out. But it happens. 
it's really just it doesn't really I mean even the Dodgers they have a pretty loaded team every year and I mean they're they're making a push but they still have a one one they still have not won a World Series and I mean I'm kind of happy that the Dodgers didn't go out and make another splashy move they actually got rid of Ross Stripling um Giants didn't do anything the Diamondbacks sold their stuff we no longer have to see Robbie Ray or Starling Marte or Archie Bradley so the other teams are subtracting or staying put which kind of gives us a little push and hopefully our people can figure it out right so there's hope it wasn't a total bust of a deadline so you know what I'm changing it on a scale zero to one Nolan is a one he is happy right now Yes, I think I think for what for what we had to to give up, um, no one should be accepting of it. But I think it really just comes down to this off season, what we do there, that makes. But I don't think like after this deadline, his opinion has really changed much. <laughs> Damn, hear that, Breitich? Nolan's still ain't happy, bro. The Padres series, four-game series, we lost it 3-1. to one. We talked about what would make us happy. We were okay with a 2-2 split. Anything less of that would make us sad. And here we are, sad. Offense still is crap. Marquez is on this downward spiral. I don't, I don't have any positives to take out of it. Yeah, it's really hard to take any because the three losses were not competitive at all. I mean – they're essentially blowouts and a shutout. And then we did get the one the one win, which was by one run. And that's – I mean, it's better than a sweep. But we've had a really rough stretch here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is with our lineup. It just seems like nobody's really, like, picking it up. It's all just kind of, like, mediocre, just a couple hits here and there. And then, like, I think the Daniel Murphy train at first, like – what is he doing out there, man? Like, you see those plays last night? Ridiculous. It's a couple times a game that he's doing something silly. And to, to go back to it, that's why I like the Pilar move, is because, like, you got you to gotta just platoon Murphy and Kemp at DH at this point because their defense isn't something that should be out there. And McMahon has shown great defense – uh, at, at first and a little bit at second, too. So bringing Pilar in allows you to open those options up. We can sit Daniel Murphy. Him and Kemp can just come off the bench and have those clutch hits like Daniel Murphy did game two. But I, I kind of pucker every time I see Daniel Murphy up for his base. I can't do it. Like Kirk said, this makes us defensively better not just in the outfield, but it allows us to have other options on the infield too. Maybe our right side can continue to kind of match what the left side's doing. So no good takeaways from the series though, right? Like other than the Padres uniforms are still sick. We're still on that. <laughs> I'm never jumping off that train. This brown and yellow is tight. I just hope we make the playoffs. At this point, you go from the best start in franchise history to I hope we just make the playoffs when half the league makes it. Um, I saw some people complaining on Reddit. I know, surprise. But uh, they're complaining about lack of fire from the, man from the manager, from the players. 
Uh, it's hard to disagree with that, but also baseball is 90% just standing around, so it's hard to be fiery all the time, you know? That's such a dumb argument. You're an adult professional baseball player that makes millions of dollars. You should not need somebody to fire you up to go produce. I'm sorry. Well, if you're watching the Nuggets series that's going on right now um, on I'm TNT, not. you should be. It's amazing. <laughs> but um, on TNT, they're talking about how Coach Malone had to ask some Nuggets players for more energy. And if a coach is asking you as a professional athlete for more energy, that's embarrassing. Exactly. So, I, again, that kind of makes the – what is the manager supposed to do other than ask? Like, you, you really want another grown-ass man yelling at you in the face to fire you up to go hit, hit something? That's not going to work. Not with – not at all. So, that's a stupid-ass argument. Those people can shut up on Reddit. That's dumb. It, it, so dumb. I have to agree. I have to agree with that. It's, that's not the way baseball's done. I just don't think that's how adulthood's done. Like, your job, your boss just comes in and starts yelling and screaming at you. What are you doing? You going to perform better or are you going to say, screw you, dude. I'm not doing anything. I'm out. I'm going to take the rest of the day off. Typically, I say I want to raise, but if you're doing that, already making millions of dollars, I don't know. And motivation, intrinsic motivation. That's a dumb thing. The coaching might need to get a little bit better, right? The hitting isn't working. Something's going on with the bats. So maybe some more adjustments with from the hitting coach in that sense. Something needs to be done in that sense, but more fire on the bench is probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard Reddit say. I think so, we just need to make Charlie Blackman a player coach, and he just takes over the hitting duties. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the deal is, man. It's like Blackman's the only one that's really – I mean, story too, but – uh Nolan's been pretty just hit or miss and like McMahon's only batting 211 like oh I heard a stat today one second sorry for interrupting fun stat about Ryan McMahon he has as many total bases as strikeouts this year 48 yeah I don't know man it's like when are these guys gonna pick it up because it's it's just like you know now we're like what a month and a half in like these guys should be running on all cylinders by now yeah, it's ridiculous. And, like, Blackman's hitting, but he also had the hot start. He's has an average of 148 in the last seven games, 224 in the last 15. So, like, our lineup that should be all-star studs should extend is quiet. Once you get past Story, who's on base every single first inning of every single game, but then it just slows down. Well, you got the athletically challenged San Francisco Giants coming to town tonight. So, uh, what better time than now to turn it around here? John Gray on the bump, who had a great start last last time against Gossman. And then um, we can see our boy Kyle Freeland, big Kyle Freeland guys, against Webb on Wednesday. Logan Webb, not Brandon Webb. Yeah, we, we should really we should really pick it up against them. I, I think a little bit of what our struggles have been is just we're running into really hot teams at the wrong time. Um, you know, we just had the Astros who were on a roll, Dodgers, um, the Padres were really hot coming into town. So hopefully we can level things out and get on a little roll for ourselves. Because then we go on the road to L.A., to San Diego, 
um, right after this little two game and a break set. So this is it. I mean, they've got to win these two games, right? Otherwise, what are we doing? Yeah, we're we're six and fifteen in our last twenty one games. So uh gotta figure it out real quick. It's not a very good winning percentage. It's not good at all. Especially when you have the best start in franchise history. It's embarrassing is what it is. Yes, it is. So a little update on Brendan Rogers. He has been put on the IL with another shoulder um, injury issue. I'm a little worried that this might be his story. Injury plague prospect, not going to click until five, 10 years down the road. And then he finally stays healthy and it all happens. Well, the shoulders, what, what took him out last year. And I think that's why they were so slow on calling him up this year was because they wanted to give him even more time with the shoulder. And then they took their time with him and then brought him up anyway. And here he is again. So I don't want to say you're right yet, but the, the path isn't great. It's only, he's only on the 10 day IL right now. So hopefully it's nothing and a little soreness and um, some rest will clear that up. Yeah, it doesn't look good because the last two years he's um, they've tried to give him consistent playing time up here and he just keeps getting injured. But I think a little bit of that has to do with the way the season is right now. And he didn't really have a lot of time to work through like AAA and stuff like that. So it's too hard to really say what his career is going to be like. But I still have hope that he can just get healthy and tear it up. One thing we can be happy about is that Pezos has been sent to the alternative site too, right? That dude is just not good right now. It always amazes me how in the major leagues, if you're left-handed and can throw with a little bit of pace, like you're going to be given a lot of chances to be a big league ball player. You know, back in the 70s, 80s, they used to call them left-handed and breathing. If you're left-handed and breathing, you're, you had a bullpen spot almost automatically. Yeah, I wish I wish we could have picked up a lefty, but there's not a whole lot of lefties out there. So it's but Pazos was bad, lefty or not. So just get him out of here because he couldn't get anybody out. It seemed like not whatsoever. And he was he was fun when he had a mustache. Now it just grows and not very good. So <laughs> hopefully the Santos guy coming up is pretty good. Hasn't seen anything above Double A, but hopefully he he. Brings a little, little fire to our bullpen here. All right, I think that'll do it. Anything else we need to get off the chest? Yes. Can I get something off my chest? A little exit musings with McBride here. Please. Sports Illustrated is a national magazine media outlet. I went out, out of my way, a solid, big Rockies fan. I was like, all right, I'm going to look up this Kevin Pillar trade. I'm going to see what good things there are about it. One of the top ones coming up was Sports Illustrated breaks down the Kevin Pillar trade. Dude man on there, posing it right now, you can see it right here on the video, is the Kevin Pillar trade allows Charlie Blackman to move from center field to one of the quarter spots. What the fuck? How, when has Charlie Blackman ever played center field? 
Or when was the last time he played it? Yeah, it's been a couple of years. Sports Illustrated's been horrible. Uh, writing really went down. They got bought out by some propaganda network, and the writing's just gone to shit since then. Well, that's not even writing. That's just being informed of baseball, which is your job to be informed of. Like, how can you keep writing and mess that up? That's so dumb. I couldn't imagine, like, being a sports writer and being like, here, I'm going to put this article out and then just, like, not even have a clue where Charlie Blackman's even been playing the last two years. Like, just look at a box score. Right. There's been no CF next to Charlie Blackman's name for two, three years now. So irritating. I'm off my soapbox. I need big media outlets to be better. This is bullshit. Going off of that, I'm going to get on one now. There's a writer. Let's go, Jamesy Rants. Let's go. There's an editor for ESPN uh, that was contributed to a trade deadline article. And in the article, they're making bold predictions. So they got to go out of their way to, to drum something up. But he said that the Yankees should trade for Nolan Arenado so that they become injury-free and they'll be able to win the World Series. But the way that he, he passes it off as if, like, the Rockies and these other small market teams are just feeder, feeder clubs to, to the big market teams. And that just rubs you the wrong way as a fan, no matter if you're just a baseball fan or small, small markets, whatever. It's just they need to do better. You're absolutely right. We don't all care about the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers. There are other teams out there. Come on, man. This is Blake Street Banter. One of us know what the word banter means. The other two are just along for the ride. Go Rockies! Playoff bound. Thank you for watching. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple's Podcast, or Google Podcast by looking up Blake Street Banter. Thank you.